Here we are. We are in the Bible today, and we are studying Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 through 9. Our topic today is about purpose. It's designed to help you understand your purpose and the power that God wants to have in your life. You're designed with power and purpose. The problem is, Sometimes that design is interrupted because we listen to the wrong people, the wrong voices. Parents raise children and they have this great idea. They have this great plan. And it goes well until sometimes they meet certain friends. And if, it's not, if you're not careful, it's like the serpent in the Garden of Eden, sithering up to your kids saying, your parents won't let you stay out. They want to convince them that their way at 13 is smarter than your way at 33. They want to convince them to follow their guidance. And so you end up leaving your values. You raise your boy, invest your time, dress him up, educate him, and then he meets her. And he can't think. They used to say back in the day, your nose wide open. <laughs> and you find yourself frustrated because you think, why are you listening to these other voices? What, what gives them the power to speak into your life? What gives them the right to have this kind of influence over you? I want to show you an example of a group of people in Genesis chapter 11 who were led astray by a man named Nimrod. He's mentioned in Genesis chapter 10. Many in Christian tradition believe he was the guy who was the instigator behind what we know as Babel, the place where God confused the languages. I want to just read the text to you first, if I can, the story, and then you just kind of follow along, and I'll come back and show you how all this fits together. It says in Genesis 11:1. 1, now the whole earth had one language, and this is under number one in your notes if you're following me. The whole earth had one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed. The Bible says from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is to the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. One of those amazing stories where people come together and as one of our men said in our men's service earlier today, it sounded like that's a good idea. It would think that, wow, they're all united. That's what you want, right, in a community. But you don't want a community united around the wrong purpose. You can be united as a family, but around, around the wrong issues. Well, go down under number two in your notes, by the way. It's in verse 5. This is Genesis 11 and 5. Say amen if you see what I'm talking about. Good. But the Lord came to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. 
And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one, and they have all one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their languages, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the languages, the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. This is one of those stories that always confused me. I wasn't quite clear what this was because I couldn't understand, was God angry that they were all together? Was he intimidated because they were building this tower? Was he afraid they were going to reach heaven? Well, I don't think so. This is not God being intimidated. This is about God being clear about the purpose of man. You see, God never intended for them to all be gathered around this purpose. That was not the intent. If you'll notice, there are three, three misguided priorities that they're wrapped up in. They're focusing on building a tower. They're focused on making a name for themselves. And they're focused on being afraid of being scattered. So fear is being used to motivate them to come together and say, hey, we better do something or, boy, it's going to be bad. That sounds contemporary, doesn't it? And so fear begins to be the motivation to push us to all make a decision that's not wise. And they're all sitting there focusing on building a name, focusing on building a tower. So when people come in, they go, oh, boy, who built that? Oh, boy, you guys are some kind of builders. They want their name to be spread around the world. That is a misguided focus. That is a misguided priority. If all your life is about you becoming some kind of celebrity and you becoming some highlighted person, I, can, I celebrate the arts, I celebrate movies, I celebrate all that, but I celebrate the artistic part of it, not the celebrity part of it. Because the celebrity part of it, you'll find out in a minute, is not as reliable as you think. It's temporary. And so in our study for the next year. This fits right into the launch of it. Because what I want to talk about is what is your purpose and why are you here? Can you say that with me please? Say what is my purpose, is my purpose? And, why am I here? and why am I here? God did not put them here to build towers for Nimrod. God did not put them here to rally around making themselves famous. God did not put them here to be afraid of being spread out. He didn't want them to all huddle in one part of the world. Think about that for a second. They wanted to huddle in one little part of the world. And as Americans, we've got to be careful. That's not our attitude. We want everybody to be American. Right here on our, our little part of the planet. Speak our language. God looked and said, I don't want this. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to empower people to be different by giving them languages that are different. I'm going to empower them to be unique and special, to go to other parts of the world, to discover other beauties. This, all that's beautiful is not here. All that's wonderful is not in my neighborhood. There's something profound that happened at Babel. You've seen it with your children. You've seen it with friends. Someone's herding them all in one direction. 
some, got some, some drug dealers herding them all into drugs. So you think that's the only world there is? You think the only world is, being, is running from the police and hiding and hoping they don't find you and, and living your life in some little shack and hoping that's not the best way to live your life. Whether it be white collar or blue collar, whatever kind of crime you're in, that's not the only life. That may be the life you know, but there's a better way. Here's a guy hurting everybody into his vision. Hurting everybody to think his thoughts. And God says, no, I'm going to change this. I'm going to scatter the language. I'm going to change this. Some of you say, I wish I could do that with my children. My daughter brought that boy home. If I could, if I could change his language, I'd do it right now. Zap. Because what you know is the power of communication. And he looked at him and said, everything you're planning to do, you will do. You will truly wreck your whole life. You will truly get off of the purpose I've set for you. Can you go back in your mind and think of conversations you had with people, friendships you had with people, and they got you off your purpose? You spent years going in the wrong direction, arguing about stuff that didn't matter. Because you were so in love and so focused and God cared about the future of the world and said, I don't want that to happen to you. What is your purpose? Why are you here? That's today's, that's this year's question. And I'll spend the year talking about why you're here. I want to show you your purpose. I want to show you it's not hard to find. I want to show you that it's buried beneath some layers that need to be peeled back. I'll, I'll show you the things that block your purpose. I was telling some guys before I came out here today, I said, you know, I can think of one guy and two, two, two females that could have stopped me from getting to my purpose. Those dating relationships. In love. I wouldn't be Pastor Rick today. They're good people. I'm not saying they're bad people. But for me, see, it might be good for you, but bad for me. Can you say that with me, please? Say, good for you, but bad for me. Say it again, come on. Good for you, but bad for me. You know how these parents are sometimes. When they have a child that's a little bit crazy, they're trying to find somebody to give them to. They're trying to find somebody. <laughs> and, and you come up, and they say, oh, yes, oh, this is a good one. Yes, oh, 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 she got a job and everything. Good. This is good. She works. Oh, yes, she's got a job. This would be a good one. Yes. And when they bring them over, yes, marry them today. Yes, I have the wedding tomorrow. This is great. This is great. Because <laughs> you know that boy lazy. You know that boy won't work. First thing you ask is, where you work, girl? Really? Oh, you believe in saving money. That's good. She saves money. That's good. She's going to need a lot of it. Okay, good. <laughs> Say, good for you. Good for you. Bad, for me. Bad for me. They smiling at the wedding and everything. Yay. Yeah. You don't have to even get married. Live together. Just go move in. <laughs> They're ready for you to go. And you spend years massaging their need. You spend years distracted from your purpose. Where could you be? Pastor Ricky, you're going to make some people mad today. No, I'm trying to help you think. Because I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, they can't change. I'm just trying to get you to be honest for a minute. What has this done to you? What is it doing to you? When are you going to stop? When are you going to pause and say, I can't keep rolling down this road? This was my purpose, being here today. And I'm honest enough to look back and say, if I had continued down those roads, 
blinded by cute, blinded by physical appearance. And men, that is your trap. Blinded by these images that are not sustainable. And you end up in a place emotionally where you don't need to be. What is God's purpose? Why are you here? Are you here to lust after everybody that moves? Why are you here? Are you here to be bound? Are you here for that purpose? I'm not, I'm, God did not design me to be that unstable. But I've been tempted like you. You can't pass the show. Good looking man, I'm causing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm telling you, I just understand what doesn't work. And I understand the power of staying in line with my purpose. This has nothing to do with my purpose. Nothing. And so I'm not, I'm not participating in that. And I've decided in my life there's some things that I refuse to be true about me. I'm not eating myself into the grave. I will not let Snickers bar take me out. I'm not letting this happen to me. I'm not, I'm not going to allow myself. Uh, is anybody with me today? You hear, you hear what I'm saying to you? I'm not going to let this happen to me. Too many things start hurting. I said, this is ridiculous. I'm 57, and things hurt that didn't used to hurt. You should see me and Diamond before we get in the bed. We sleep stretching. We like old people stretching on the floor. Everybody stretching. Some pull. We had a pull. Let me tell you something. You better pull it. If you don't pull it, you ain't going to be able to move it. Better get that leg up there, man. That leg ain't gonna go up after a while. You can't, yes, yeah, full shot. There you go. Bam, Pastor got it up there. You better pull it up there if you don't. You know, I went to pick up something and my back said, Watch it. You better send an email before you do that. Let me know you go down there. I said, I'm falling apart. This is, we can't let this happen. We can't let this happen. This has got to stop. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not living like that. I, I can't. I don't, want to, I don't want to pastor, forgive me, I don't want to pastor a broke church because I don't want to get up here begging all the time. Come on, help me out. Please help me. Help me, help me. I'm tired. I can't do that. Trying to manipulate you into giving something. I'm tired of that. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I have, I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. We just cut the lights off and all go home, praise God. Everybody go home. <laughs> Everybody got to go. We're sorry. We can't, we can't do this. When I get ready to do the building project, I don't plan on begging. I plan on sharing the vision. You need to rise up and give. Now, I don't need to go through all these hassles and struggles, all this, all this begging and pleasing and, and tricking you and stuff. And I saw an angel and God going to bless you and, and all that. I'm not going to shake my hand and God's not, none of that, none of that, none of that. Let's just do right. Come on, say amen. Huh? Come on, let's just do right. Come on, amen. Let's do right. And then when we build, we're not trying to show off. We're going to build with smart. And, and, and I, I just think it's important. It's important to understand the power. I, I told the pastor, them, I'm really getting off a little bit, but I told the pastor, look, man, I said, man, I stream because they, they won't come. They're home right now. You won't come. <laughs> they, they told me they're not coming. You can build something bigger, but we're not coming. <laughs> I went down the rink, and y'all told me we ain't coming to that either. Spent all that money and did all that work out there in Rankin. It was nice. And y'all said, that's nice. But we still ain't coming. <laughs> we coming to the main campus. We coming on Sunday at 9 and Sunday at 11. And some of us going to come on Saturdays. Now, I hope more of you come because it's a good service. It is. I'm trying to have a growth service. You see, I'm just trying to do my best. I'm trying to be smart. But you got to help me be smart. 
I'm not, am I in this by myself? Am I really, are you really with me? Well, come on, give God a big hand clap if you're really with the pastor. Come on, you got to be with me now. We got to do this together. And so I believe that I need to focus on my purpose and why I'm here. And, and I want to identify, and this is important, this is what today's sermon is about. I have to identify what person or cause has taken me from my purpose. Some of you are in too many groups, too many causes. What person is your celebrity of the year, the week, the month? And that person has you off your focus. And you have to politely say, I can't let this be my main assignment. And you should not try to be somebody's main assignment all the time. How are you so close to God needing all this help? You need all this help all the time. I mean, I need help sometimes myself, but I'm just saying, at some point you need to recognize that you must not be walking in your purpose. Something's wrong. Now, in the month, my goal is to talk about four things. You ready? And, I, and here's what I did. I answered the question, why I'm here. I'm here from the page, right? I'm here to be healthy and balanced and a balanced influence to those I lead. So my goal is to become a balanced influencer. Secondly, I'm here, I believe, this is why I'm here. I'm here to influence those I serve to build a healthy, long-term life strategy. That's my job. Next week, I'm going to talk about strategy with you. And I want to challenge your strategy, your life strategy. I hope you have one. I hope you have a plan. Don't just live. What is the strategy? The teachings I'm doing, the sermon notes, all this is part of a strategy. I can't just get up here and just spend the next, you know, uh, 15 minutes or 20 minutes or so just rambling off words, and, and you can't remember them all. That's how I wrote it down. It's a strategy. I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you remember it. Number, number three, I'm here to help those, this is my purpose, inf- those I influence to build a healthy approach to personal power. I don't want to be the only power in your life. I, I just struggle with this. Christians just bother me. Not God. I like him. <laughs> he and I don't have an issue. It's, it's this wanting to be powerful in my life. Wanting, wanting to control everything, which brings me to the last thing I'm going to talk about this month. I'm here to, to help those I influence to have a healthy approach to independence. I, and you'll see in this study the trick when I, when I, when I talked about the Tower of Babel. Nimrod was trying to take their independence away. People come up to me and say, well, Pastor, I'm sorry, I missed church. And, and, I, and I don't, I said, well, hey, you know, come next time. We're still open. You don't have to feel bad. Stream in. If you missed it, go online and watch what you missed. It's all good. I didn't tithe last year. Well, here's New Year. Do I have to catch up? You know you ain't got that kind of money. Forget it. <laughs> you all got so much money, you can never pay him back. You better start now. <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> what? <laughs> you better hope he never sends a bill collector to your door. What? <laughs> next week, Lord, I promise next week. Name but $40 for some of you. It's amazing. It's amazing how people miss their blessing with a little bit of money. A little bit of money. Honor God first. First check you're right. Praise God. Can I get a praise God? So I'm going to talk about independence. I'm going to talk about power. I'm going to talk about strategy. And, and, and today we're talking about influence. We're talking about how Nimrod influenced them. And I'm asking you, what person influenced you? And if you can identify, and it's a family member. 
Sometimes it's somebody close to you. So I want you to notice. They listened under who have you been influ- who has who have you been influencing, listening to? There are two comments I made. Number one, they listened to a self-appointed leader they re- that redefined why they were here and their life purpose. Nimrod redefined why they were here. He made them focus on a tower and a name for themselves. That was not God's purpose. They were stopped by God and pushed back in alignment with his purpose and plan. That's why the languages were changed. I want to stop this now because this is going in the wrong direction. Now, let me talk secondly about what qualifies you to be listened to. There are three things that I think were out of sync that were lost in the minds of those who listened to Nimrod. The three things that qualify you to be listened to. Everybody repeat them with me, please. Say authority, authority. Character, character, and healthy results. Now, I wanna, I'm not going to talk about those in detail, but I'll just, I gave you some notes on them. But let me just say, look at the results of a person, and that will tell you if you should listen to them or not. Look at the character of a person, and that will tell you if they should be listened to. The authority part I'm going to talk about in a minute, but before I talk about the authority part, let me talk about three things that do not qualify a person to be a main influence in your life. Three things. You ready? Number one, celebrity status. Just because you're famous does not mean that you're you're qualified, because that's temporary anyway. I'm amazed, and I'm not, I'm not putting down talk show hosts. I'm not putting down people. I'm, I mean, I really admire them. I, I listen to their shows. Some of them, I enjoy their work. But just because you can talk and stand in front of a camera doesn't make you qualified to give me life advice. Secondly, just because you have wealth does not mean that you have the right values or that you have the right perspective. I, I need to be really careful about over-admiring people's wealth and being too impressed with status. I I just think it's just not cool. Thirdly, charisma, cool or swag, does not qualify you to be the person that that governs my life, because that changes too. Don't you remember people in high school that were cool? Are they still cool? It scares you when you see them, doesn't it? You say, wow, what happened to your cool? Now, this is the truth. I, now, some, of you, some of you kids don't, don't know this, but this was cool when I was coming up. Remember that? That was cool, man. He was, oh, he cool. And then you cup your hand. <laughs> you talking about it, that was never cool. No, it was, too. It was cool. Talk to her. I see her shaking her head. Leaning out the car. Remember leaning out the car? Driving like this. Now, now that's called a broke back now, but... Back in the day, leaning out the car. You know, I mean, there were just certain things that were cool. You know, I had a, I had a tuxedo. I did a wedding yesterday, and I had a tuxedo I put on. And I hadn't put this tuxedo on in a while. I just went on and bought a couple of them because I'm in weddings and stuff all the time, so I bought a couple of tuxedos. And one of them I put on, it like a zoot suit. Them <laughs> pants was like that, man. It was so big. And I put it on, and I said, you can't go outside like this. I t- Took it off. I said, man, you can't, you can't wear this. I just told myself, you cannot wear this again. It's changed. Cool changes. Swag changes. Some of you young people, you're laughing, but you're not going to be cool. I promise you, you're going to look at yourself today. 
take a picture, and 30 years ago, your kid's going to laugh at you. <laughs> Did you used to wear that? I had a yellow. I shouldn't even say anymore, right? <laughs> See, just cut this story right there. I, I thought I was fly. I came here from L.A., man, I had a yellow, loud, look like Big Bird suit, short jacket, man, and it was wool with a turtleneck sweater. Yeah, I thought I was fly, got all dressed up, my afro, and, uh, you know, I was, I was serving the Lord, but I was deciding. So they had a party, you know, the and so it was a party. So I went to the party. So I was in, you know, I just come from L.A. here. So I was, I was here for a couple of years in high school. So, so I came, I was going to go to the party, even though I'm saved. I'm going to go to the party and just be a light. So I was going to the party looking like a fool. <laughs> but I was cool in my mind until it was, it was so hot. <laughs> that was my one time of, well, you know, I mean, don't justify it. I was crazy. There, there are moments in your life you forget it changes. And you keep allowing celebrities, you keep allowing wealthy people, you keep allowing, and I, as a pastor, you got to be careful even about big churches. You know, the average church in America is 330,000 churches in America. One half of 1% of them are, have 2,000 on Sunday morning. One half of 1%. The average church is 85 people. I'm not against large churches. I think it's great. I want us to keep growing. But you got to be careful that you don't define church by these big camera pans and big audiences and, and that the guys in my place, was, you, guys are always striving to be bigger. And, and sometimes that happens in your life. You can't be happy with what you have. Always looking to upgrade, next level, next level. You're nervous. You need to calm down. Love the life you live right now. Can you love what you have? Can you love where you live? Come on, say amen. Can you love what you've got? Let me get out of this end today. Let me give you three things that do qualify a person to maintain influence according to the New Testament. Now, I gave you verses you can read on your own. I'm not, I already mentioned two, character on the 1 Timothy chapter 3, and I gave you a verse. You can read that, verse 1 through 7, describes the qualities and characters necessary to be an influencer. You have to be a person who's faithful, blameless, living an irreproachable life. You have to be a person who's, who's a leader. There are certain things in your life that must be consistent in order for you to be qualified to give advice. You, you can't just give advice and not live the life. You just really can't, not, not according to Scripture. And you can read all that on your own. And, and in Matthew 7, verse 15 through 20, it talks about you have to have healthy results. You shall know a tree by the fruit it bears. You're responsible to bring results that prove you're qualified to give that advice. And so when you let people advise you, you have to look at their results. Don't just listen to everybody. Here's who you should listen to, someone in authority. Genesis chapter 1, which is the first thing on your list there I gave you, Genesis 1.28. Here's what God said. God blessed them, and God said to them. Who said it? God said it. You got to be really careful that you don't let a celebrity or a wealthy person become your God. You got to be really careful that your best friend has not become the voice of God to you. That they're guiding you and giving you licenses to do things 
Did I not run? You can look into her eyes, guy, and you can love her, but if she's always leading you to the bedroom or he's always leading you to the bedroom and he's always leading you into bedroom blindness and he's always, 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 you need to pause and think about that. Why am I giving them that authority in my life? Why do I call you and you lead me this way? I'm giving you authority. I'm making you God. God spoke to Adam and Eve and said, let me tell you what my purpose is for you. Here's what he told them. Be fruitful. I want you to be fruitful. God understands how you're wired. He knows that being fruitful feels good. Being fruitful brings a sense of joy and fulfillment in your life that is way different than when you're not fruitful. And we're not talking about being the rich and the famous. We're just talking about feeling good about your life, having enough food to eat, having enough resources, having enough gadgets where you don't want another gadget, just having enough shoes where you're fine, enough suits you can just put one on if you need to. It's not about you. Matter of fact, you get, you get so fruitful that you, you want to share with others because your life gets to be more than about you. And then he said, I want you to be fruitful and I want you to multiply. I want what you do to grow. I want to pastor a church that grows. Not because I want more seats and more people. I want to touch more lives. He told Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. I want your life to grow. I want you to have kids. I want your life to grow. I want your whole life to grow. But multiplication can't be one thing. It can't be just children. It can't be just money. It can't be just, it can't be just a job or a career. Because here's what I've learned. Everything I've accomplished runs out of joy eventually. So it's not about having, I'll get a certain number of kids and then my, I'll lay back in my lazy chair and say, now I'm there. No. I'll get a church that's a certain size and now I'm there. Or I get a building a certain size now and then no. Job, no. Preach in front of certain audiences, no. No, it all ends. I'll finish this in about, oh gosh, four minutes. And you'll all go that way. And all this work will be done. And another group will come in, and I'll teach them, and then they'll all go that way. And then I'll get my car, put on my Levi's. I got to change the clothes in the office. And I'm back to Rick again. If I spend my life making it all about this one moment, and I don't know how to live life beyond this, beyond the days the kids are home, because they do move out, Beyond the day when I'm on this job was one day I won't be Pastor Rick. You understand that? One day I won't be. I can't be. I mean, that's just the way life is. And if I can't embrace that, if I can't embrace change, if I can't embrace diversity, then I'll be a miserable person. God said, you guys need to be multiplying and growing and then fill the earth. I don't want you all camped like Nimrod does in one place, looking at one tower with a name. That's what I have the authority to call you. That's what God said. He said, I call you. I am an authority in your life, and I want you to subdue the earth. That means be educated. Learn why the sky is blue. Learn science. Learn study. Be informed. Get a degree. Get an education. Change your career. Move to another place. Figure out how things work. Learn about the oceans. Learn about the sky. Learn about the environment. Learn about the universe. Subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air. 
Something about feeling like you've got dominion. Man, I went to Gatorland and I rode a crocodile. I got on the back of a crocodile, even though his mouth was taped and the training was right there. <laughs> <laughs> I made sure. I took a picture. Me and Christina. Ha, ha. You stop. Keep his mouth. Hold his mouth, baby. Christina had his mouth. Hold his mouth. Close. You right there. Okay, good. Take a picture. Quick. But, I, but there's something about that moment. Something about feeling like I'm in charge. You know, and I go to those places, I like to feed all the animals. I bought too much food. I bought bags of food. <laughs> I bought the jumbo size. Man, I was feeding everything. I felt powerful. Here, eat that bird. Here, eat that. Eat that at crocodile. I was throwing them all kind of food. I felt powerful. I'm supposed to have dominion. They just don't know that yet. But I can relate to that feeling. That's what God wants you to have in your life. That's your purpose. That's why you're here. You're not here to be dominated by Visa, dominated by these folks, dominated and controlled by a job, fearful that you're going to lose a job, scared of everything, scared of everybody, scared they're going to scatter you. You're not going to be on this job. They're going to scatter you. That's what Nimrod have told him. They might scatter you. You better build this tower. You better build a place to stay. Listen, he's God. He called me to have dominion. That's my purpose. That's God's plan for me. Are you ready for God's purpose and plan for your life? Come on, amen. Praise God. Next week, next week, we're going to take on another topic. We're going to talk to you about strategy, following the wrong strategy, living for the wrong purpose. Luke chapter 14, verse 28 is our read ahead verse. You can read it on your own. Read the other notes I put down. But I'm telling you now, it's been a good day. I hope you've learned something and I hope you're ready to go forth into God's purpose for your life. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for what we've talked about today. We thank you for the word of God and for all this happened. We pray that you take this message. Let it inspire and lift hearts to new places. We pray that those who are here and those who are home today would leave inspired and encouraged. We believe that you've called us to a future. We believe you've called us to see God's hand work in our lives. Why are we here? What is our purpose and why are we here? They need to go home and say, I am here too. They need to finish that sentence. They need to say, I'm not here too. And be real clear about that. Father, I, I speak your word over your people and declare that your goal is to get them to their purpose. And we declare by faith that this is the beginning of a new journey for many. What is my, why am I here? What is my purpose and why am I here? What person or cause has hindered me, distracted me from my purpose? What do I need to adjust to get back in line? I thank you for. Is it too many phone calls? The wrong time. Too much internet strolling? The wrong time. Is it a love relationship that's gotten them so distracted with this love relationship they can't plan for their own lives? It's a child that won't listen and they're so consumed with the child they can't dream for themselves. They spend all their money on this child and they spend nothing on themselves. It's time to ask themselves questions. Why am I here? What is my purpose? Is my purpose simply to continue to dwell on you and never dwell on, dwell on my future? But maybe there is somebody that they need to focus on. Whatever that is, God, I pray you'd help them. This is not about abandoning everybody and leaving people who are challenging to help. We're not saying that. We're saying we need to make sure we don't become so consumed that we forget what's important. 
in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, I pray for those who are here and say, Pastor, I know, I know for me what's wrong. I haven't thought about my eternal life in a long time. I haven't talk, thought about my relationship with God in a long time, and I want you to pray for me because that's not been in sync. And I want you to pray for me because today I want to start a brand new walk with God. If you're here today with every head bowed, every eye closed for your privacy, and you say, I want you to just pray for me, Pastor. That's my desire. Pray for me that I would start a new walk with God, that my life can start in a new direction. I'd like you right now, if you would, please. Just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. I see one, I see two, I see three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. About twenty of you plus. Father, we pray for these folks. We ask your grace upon them and those who are home as well. Let this be a time of healing and forgiveness. Jesus died on the cross to give us a brand new beginning and a brand new start. And so we start this year out surrendering our lives to you and believing that you make the difference in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen.